Welcome to Opposable Thumbs, a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Brevity is our challenge this episode. Thanks to our previous guest, Cedric Tai, for that mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. And we have no guests this week as we are scheming on new future guests. Nose to the grindstone. My name is Rob Ray. I use he, his gender pronouns, and I'm a designer by day and make art objects and stuff by night under the name Shimmering Trash Pile. And uh, I have many aspirations that I won't go into here about that. Uh, but, you know, maybe something will happen soon. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist, educator, DIY enthusiast, CAD cam evangelist, noted tall person, Midwestern Viking, and I'm a he, his kind of guy. Yes. I will give one hint in that it involves Instagram stories, of which I am a super noob. So, so you're going to try to make stories into a um, into a broadcasting platform for artwork i'm gonna try i'm gonna try i'm gonna really take a shot at just messing up a bunch and then seeing what i can learn and then going from there this actually relates to my project this week oh not stories per se but the fact that particularly for new media artists but i think just about everybody you have Mm. to be sort of like thinking about where your artwork lives i mean it's been a truism for a while that you know your sculpture is going to be seen by 99 percent of your audience as a photo but then I think now yeah. it's even further than that. It's a photo in yep. the context of Instagram or whatever. And what does that mean for how our yeah. our work yep. is um, experienced? Yep. It's pretty annoying thinking about that kind of stuff. <gasps> really? What? Why do you think so? Well, I'm not disagreeing. There's a select populace of people who do interesting things and they turn into something interesting yep. <laughs> without ever having to think about it. And then, but I feel like because I'm in the realm of like new media art and media studies, it sort of forces me to consider that sort of stuff. So you really think someone's on there just like being themselves and everything just happens correctly? I think the thing is, is I am quick to get bogged down in that stuff. Yeah. Right. I think the thing that I probably should do is try lots of things and mm-hmm. see what is feeling good to both me and is doing interesting things out in the world. If only and you then, had a platform where you could make these. Yeah. <laughs> if only, if only. I think what I am doing is I am letting it impede my experimentation mm. where what I should be doing is letting it inform my experimentation. And what is the it in this case, these these alternative distribution platforms? And just like getting bogged down and like, maybe I should post to Instagram, but maybe I should also always post to my own blog so mm. I have it somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, Whoa, <laughs> hang on one second. I got a barking dog. I, I seldom hear a dog just bark once. It was like he was speaking. Yeah, I need to just do more. I need to not do more. Sorry, backing up for a second. I need to do more smaller things and be willing to throw lots of things away. Yes. Mm-hmm. You probably run into this with your students, trying to just get them to, to engage and then flip over and to just go nuts. Yeah, I've got a project right now. I assigned my Sculpture 1 students, so they had to go get between 100 and 1,000 of some kind of really inexpensive unit. Oh, And then, so we looked at, you know, Tara Donovan. Oh. So she does, look her up, she does this really great, it's spelled exactly how it sounds, does these great works. Um, I think one of the more famous ones is she takes a billion straws, like drinking straws. Mm -hmm. And imagine taking a straw and um, approaching a wall of a gallery space that is enclosed on both sides by a wall, right? So it's like the back of the gallery and the wall's maybe 20 feet wide and then there's a wall coming out of it at a right angle on either side. And now now take a straw 
and place it so it is touching the back wall and then pointing out from the wall. And then just keep on piling more and more straws in that orientation. And eventually, you know, you'll have a giant pile. And as it starts to sag down, it'll be trapped by the two walls on either side. Um, and then just keep adding them and keep adding them until you've got this giant accumulation of straws that are kind of bound by the sides. And then you get your arms behind it and push out. And so there's this like crazy ripple that ripples out into the room. And it, it really transforms them. She, like she's really good at transforming really simple materials into something new. Mm. She also did this piece that's was one of the most elegant bits of printmaking I'd ever seen where she would take these glass plates and then ink them up and um, either break them first or um, put a piece of paper on it and allow it to break on its way through the press. Um, I'm assuming it was broken wow. first. So basically when it uh -huh. comes out the other side, she's captured, you know, a perfect image in like a, a relief print of a broken pane of glass. Um, and then it can only ever happen once, right? Cause then it comes out the other side and the glass all falls apart. Right. Wow. And so she would like break them in different, you know, presumably with different objects or different points. And then the glass would give that kind of embossing effect without fully tearing the paper. It just, it kind of makes you clench your teeth a little bit. Oh my goodness. I just loaded her work. Yeah. Whoa. Her work's great. Today there was that funny thing. Did you see that an art critic set a can of Coke down on some glass sculpture and it just exploded? <laughs> Whoa. Did you watch really? it? Yeah. Um, let's see. It was at the Zona Mako Fair. It may have been in Mexico. I'm not sure. It says Gabriel Rico's sculpture ooh, ooh, exploded ooh, ooh. when critique Avelina Lesper. Yeah, I, I can't find any. There's some great aftermath pictures, but I'll, I'll post that as well. Jeez. That's not good. Uh, anyway, a little schadenfreude there for you. Easy. Okay. Okay, I'm first. Yeah, so take a look at my... I, I have pictures that is just sort of one half, and then the other part is uh, totally spoken word, conversational. Oh, great. Cool. Taylor's first image. Ooh. Aha. So this is like an ongoing thing in the podcast. Work in a certain state of creation on the table saw. <laughs> yeah. We love that table saw. Oh, yeah. So we're seeing some interesting pieces, some pieces of wood that are roughly, you know, three and a half inches uh, by, you know, nine or three and a half by 12. There's three pieces and they're slotted, which looks like a box or something is going to be created. Three and a half. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they're slotted. This is plywood looking like kind of Baltic birch, nice mm -hmm. clear grain. Um, and we see some push sticks. Oh, those are nice push sticks there. It looks like they were created on the laser cutter. There's, there's a couple kinds you should consider. We also have one that's kind of shaped like an L where oh, it, it really uh -huh. helps prevent the thing from lifting on the back end once it gets beyond the yeah, blade. That's exactly the, yeah, I don't have that, and I, I that would be handy, yeah. So I, I'm speculating, but I think here's going to create some sort of box because this is what I would be doing if I had cut those three pieces. Mm -hmm. Click to the next image. Oh, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so we have a, piece of plywood looks like roughly two by four two feet by four feet and in this piece of plywood there are wow is that that's laser cut 
through it, what seems to be a quite thick piece of paper yeah, or it's pretty gnarly. someone with a someone with a jigsaw who really had a dull blade and just <laughs> went for it and just burned up the piece of plywood but there are two large sheep <laughs> that have been really meticulously cut out which made me think it was laser cutter and then whoa and then these three pieces are what feel like from a nativity scene yeah you got it so it's a cutout silhouette of a sheep of two of them this silhouette has this sort of pointy pointy stick sticking out of it so when you cut out your sheep you would hammer it down into the ground and what makes me think it's a nativity scene is there's also this praying youthful praying figure who has two of these same spikes so it looks like someone was making a nativity scene on the laser cutter uh, and this maybe is just scrap or taylor is really taking this project in a super interesting, <laughs> strange direction. The wood would burst into flames if I was making some kind of Christian iconography on there. Okay, so next image. Wow, is Taylor's laptop. So Taylor's laptop is open. It's a modernish looking laptop. Um, MacBook Pro. And it's, oh, it's on sort of a little stand so it's uh oh three and a half i guess inches high and we now see the two cutout pieces that are making the flat part so imagine a sort of laptop shape piece of plywood that is creating this um box that the laptop then sits on but what we don't know is there's a little slot or something inside almost like a keyboard old school keyboard tray i don't know if desks even come like that anymore but they used to be back then you had a little keyboard tray that you could like slide your keyboard out in front of it brevity is the challenge okay i'm just keeping that in mind okay next image oh oh okay i know what this is so so taylor has a huion (laughs) bobber huion tablet and it looks like taylor is making a little box for himself so he can easily slide the tablet out maybe at like a standing desk or something and then work on the tablet and then slide it away which Look is a, this, this guy yes yeah, so this, this is a problem i have as well at my desk at work and like i have a mouse i have a mouse pad i have an, a laptop i have a screen i have all these accessories or some people might call successories do it <laughs> and if you have something like a tablet or a drawing pad or an ipad or something it's like where do i put this thing and also be able to look at my screen and so what taylor has made is a little um sliding drawer that he can store his tablet in right under his laptop in the perfect shape and it's in this drawing tablet is about laptop size which is quite nice it's uh, uh-huh. you know maybe 15 you know uh, or like uh i don't know how wide yeah 16 inches wide or something like that uh, next image oh <laughs> okay this is kind of funny he we can see a close-up of this box that he's made but there is a folded piece of junk mail <laughs> Uh, like a windowed envelope if you know what i mean with like the the clear transparent envelope folded over and slid under the 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 front left side because there is some anomalous issue some anomalous surface top or issue that is making it or warp or something that uh, taylor has having to shim up yeah it turns Uh, out when you use the crappiest plywood that someone's already laser uh, cut yeah it's probably gonna be a little warped (laughs) yep is is there anything about the lasering process that warps it or is it just it's been hanging out for a while i mean yeah you can see that the top and bottom are made out of three ply um, Uh half inch uh so it's not that great but i'm assuming that the introduction of heat you know because to get through half inch you got to burn it pretty hard 
And so it's pretty burned. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that introduced even more warp. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the, our last picture is a picture of Taylor. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to like ruin your operational security here. But this is your home <laughs> studio in this picture. <laughs> yeah, my opsec is not the my my statecraft or craft yeah. craft work or what do they call it? Craft, yeah, statecraft. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. not so hot. Oh, here we go. Here's a good one. I'm going to do it right now as a Taylor. Yeah. Taylor has a prescription medicine bottle oh. in the lower right-hand corner of his image. Can you read it? Enhance, enhance. Now I can look up Taylor's medical records. No, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I'll have to go through this image and put a black bar over every single... Yes. Like all the child's yeah. toys. <laughs> and then there's your keychain, Taylor, so then we can... Um, <laughs> Duplicate. <laughs> make an image of your keys. <laughs> and my Dungeon Master's Guide. I went off on a super duper tangent, but this last image is Taylor standing in front of his Huion tablet and computer at his workshop desk, which is a really great thing to build because I I find that often my laptop computer is just flopping about in a very weird way in my shop. I have to admit this is so messy that this is just my kitchen breakfast bar. (laughs) (laughs) The image I neglected to put in the jokey image at the beginning would be a picture of a Kleenex box because for a while that was the height that I could find that was the closest to getting me typing yes. while standing at the right height. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so thinking about brevity, I was just thinking, well, what's just something that just makes a lot of sense to make that I've been putting off forever because oh, nice. it's not, yep. you know, like navel gazy or whatever. And so, yeah, so yep. just as you described, I was making something to facilitate standing desk work. All right, man, that's me. Oh, cool. All right. I have a little bit of a spoiler alert that I should mention before we dive in. It's a warning, essentially, for Ooh. listeners, I guess. Well, do you want me to close my ears while you do the, the PSA? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so close your ears for a second. Okay, how many seconds then, do you want? I'm just going to mute my uh, uh, headphones. Just, you know, 10 seconds. Okay, here we go. Muted. Okay, so this project is about dying, and it's going to be kind of intense because a friend of mine recently passed away. So if it's that if that's like too much for you to want to listen to right now, it's totally understandable. Uh, and just skip like twenty minutes oh, oh. ahead, and we'll be fine. Check it back in. Nope. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, quickly, this won't be a spoiler because you'll get it right out the gate. But uh, okay. So um, we're looking at a Raspberry Pi desktop. And whatever, yeah, Chromium, the browser, and Rob's on a uh, website called fatefulday.eu. And so it says that his fateful day will be in 2037, meaning that he only has about 17 years left. That doesn't seem right to me. Don't you have like three heartbeats a minute or something? I, 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 I guess you drive around in traffic all the time. I, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going. Okay, we're going to keep on. So so we've got his fateful day here set up, although we don't know yet maybe what the, um, um, if it's random or if you had to like enter in biographical data or something. And then we've also got a terminal open. So for those that aren't familiar with the Raspberry Pi, right, you can open a little terminal window where you're just entering in um, uh, text commands. And he appears to be entering the command over and over again, scrot or scrot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's That's a really horribly named thing. All that does is take a screenshot of the uh, screen oh. and then save it to the desktop. Oh, I didn't know that command. But it's, scrap, it's scrap, really scrap. weird because you, it's like very handy, but then at the same time you're taking a picture of your terminal window of the thing. So yeah. you'll yeah. see it. Uh, yeah. You'd think they and would just delete the terminal yeah. window. Weird. 
Yeah. Uh, so Rob's trying a couple. There's death-clock.org. Um, that says he'll live to be 73. I guess that is coming up, right? Uh, coming on up. Uh, we've also got deathtimer.com. Uh, let's see. Drinking shortens your life by 10 years. I choose not to believe that. Is that true? Yeah. I'm having a beer right now. I know. It's, wow. it's yeah. It says he will expire November 17th, 2039, 19 years left. So that's that's a little bit better. Uh, let's see here. Um, it says that uh, Rob weighs between 129 and 174. I'm going to guess you're closer to the 140. How'd I do? Yeah, 150. Yep. Nice. Okay. I can't I can't tell how much anybody weighs below 200 pounds. I feel like how can an adult <laughs> weigh less than 200 pounds? Yeah, um, you're a tall person. So yeah, yeah, I'm a tall person. Well, this one says you have 33 left, years left. I like that one. That's sunlife.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a little disclaimer. Please note that it's by no means an exact science. Uh, now we're on deathclock.org again, and oh. we're sort of looking at... Oh, did I miss something? No, I just made a mistake in my numbering. <laughs> oh, am I bouncing around here? No, no, no. This, this one should have shown up first, but it's totally fine. So... The lead-in to Death Clock is where we enter in your date of birth. Ah, see, yes. Rob, right here, because you're putting in your birth date, your full name, and I guess there's not too much more um, identifiable information in there. But that's yet an, yet another place where your OPSEC is, is spring a leak. Yeah, my OPSEC is really bad right now. The insurance company. You, you might want to blur out your birthday. Yeah. About it. Oh, Maybe good idea. Up. Yep. Yep. Um, so I won't say it aloud. May 1st. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, ooh, building a countdown clock with the Raspberry Pi and Python. I like where this is heading. Um, I also find it delightful because I know that you've been trying to learn JavaScript and now you're bailing out and <laughs> doing a Python project, yeah. which I can fully support. I'm all about that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so now Rob is working in some little, um, maybe it's one of the onboard uh, text editing, plain text editing packages for the Raspberry Pi. Yep. And uh, there's a couple things where it's pretty straightforward. He just has to import some libraries about time and date. Uh, and then he is setting up some kind of thing. I don't know if it's going to show up on the desktop or what we're going to find out. But he's establishing the font and calling out to um, how much time is remaining and so forth. Yep. yep. It's a to- Tommy? Tommy? I'm not sure what it is, but it's a little like built-in Python IDE into uh, Ubuntu. Mm, it's, it's I haven't seen that one yet. I'll check it out. Yeah. I feel like I, my Raspberry Pi projects are far enough apart that every time I sit back down, they've, the Pi has changed so drastically. Um, uh-huh. It's so much easier to install the um, operating system on it now than it used to be. Okay, so now we are, Rob is making a little um, Google Sheet that is establishing today's date, the amount of years, months, and days, and uh, doing a little formula there. And I'm wondering, I, I've been reading about this, how you can use Google Sheets as a kind of uh, DIY database online. Oh, cool. I wasn't sure if that's what you're up to. Or yeah, not. not doing that, but that's cool. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, cool. So in his database, he's uh, checking all of these different uh, sun life, death timer, death clock, and so on, um, and then averaging them together to try and get the most, quote, accurate version of when yes. he's going to die. Yes. Uh, okay, scrote, scrote, scrote. Now we're back in the Raspberry <laughs> Pi. Numbering, having some trouble. Hey, this is great. So then he gets it going in kiosk mode or like screensaver mode or whatever. And there's a black screen in the middle. It says um, yes. 8,846 days. 
and then an hour and second countdown. Um, yes. Is that what that is? Oh, hour, minute, and second, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're working it into one of those little, I assume it's a touch screen. It's like three by five inches or something like an index card. Yep. Or maybe a little bit smaller. And then wah, wah, <laughs> it looks like uh, Rob <laughs> was not able to get that to work. No. Um, and that is where our images end. So tell me about your yes. troubles there with that screen. What happened? I had many troubles with this project, Taylor. Where do I start? Let me, let me, let me, I'll back way up and then I'll get to my technical problems, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend of mine die recently. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sean Xavier um, is this person's name. And um, how do I put this? Sean had easily the darkest sense of humor of anyone I know. <laughs> um, uh, is this an LA friend or somewhere else? N- no, someone, a friend of mine from Troy, New York. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, it was really, really too bad. And But I, I have to just say that Sean had the darkest sense of humor of anyone I've ever met. And so I decided as a tribute that I would make a little death clock for myself. Yeah, um, dude in tribute to Sean, which, which I thought would be really fun and cool. And I, I've had moderate success, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell the tale of my, my successes, failures, and lessons learned (laughs) on this project. Mm -hmm. First one was Arduino. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a seven segment clock, classic old school alarm clock style. Seven segment clock. And keep it powered on for 33 years. Yes, yes. Or, <laughs> yes, exactly. Or like be like, okay, I've got to write to a text file or something in case it... There's right. a lot of hard issues with the clock that you don't really think about, which is exactly sure. like if you power it down, what happens? Like mm-hmm. um, you have to sort of think about that, store the value in some sort of storage, battery storage, something. And then the other problem I had is the Arduino on its lonesome as best I could tell. And I'm a total amateur is not good at date math Um, because you're using the processor. You're sort of using the processor as a oscillator, right? To calculate the dates and time best I can tell. And so like milliseconds, no problem. But if you're like trying to calculate years, you get a lot of waggle into the signal is the best way I can put it. Mm. And so the best way around that is to acquire a real-time clock, which is like a a little board dedicated to doing clocky stuff, (laughs) as as I'll put it. But I couldn't get one in time that I felt comfortable um, doing. So I was like, well, that's too bad. It would be cool to make an old-school like clock radio-style clock. That's the death clock but I'm going to run out of time. So I'm going to switch to the Raspberry Pi. And I had an, a touchscreen and I was like, okay, I'm switching to the Raspberry Pi. Nope. It'll be no problem. I have like a full operating system at my disposal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a script that really gets me like 80% of the way there. And it's really great way. So I was like, okay, cool. It's in Python. No problem. I, I kind of did want to do it tailored to your point in JavaScript or something that I really want to sort of stretch my legs in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, when something is handed to you that's 80% of the way done, you just go yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And then there were some things that hadn't been resolved. So I was like, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta work through that. You know, you, you, you take your wins where you can, because you know, you gotta deal with their stuff. Well, what I didn't plan on was a couple of things that were 
kind of frustrating to me about the Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. One of them was, I swear I powered down normally, but then when I went to restart, Raspbian went really sideways and huh. like was trying to do lots of like disk checking and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, do I have a bad SD card? What's going on? And I really, I spent a couple hours on it and I was like, this is, this is not good. So I just got a different SD card, reloaded it back up and went for it. And I was like, okay, I've got this running. And, and Taylor, you saw the image. I have it running on my monitor, which is a regular old computer monitor. Mm-hmm. And I have this 3.5 inch uh, display that's, you know, pretty, pretty Python ready. Uh, and I have it mirroring onto this 3.5 display. So like I can see it on my screen and I can see it on this little display I have. Like I'm going to be in good shape. Like I just needed to get it only show on this display and then I'm going to make a little case for it and it's going to be this cool little touchscreen clock. Mm-hmm. Except that when I when I set it up without my large display and only to the touchscreen little display without my monitor and only to the little display I could I have spent quite some time trying to get it to work and it won't even boot into that display. So either the display either there's something wrong with the display or the driver is out of whack or something. Anyway, I have a problem that I couldn't surmount in the time that I had allotted. Mm-hmm. So so that was frustrating and then I was like, well, you know, you the the, the point of this this podcast is is sometimes you just have to like when you can't do something you just have to pick a different path so i was like i'm gonna make and i didn't capture this but i was like i'm gonna make a screensaver that could be even cooler you know like i'll make a mac screensaver and that way every time i'm like goofing off and not not doing stuff on my computer it'll show how much time i have how little time i have left on this earth and and then i realized how kind of gnarly it is to make a desktop application for the Mac OS. Sure. Because there's so much like security stuff and all that. Like I was really came in like hardcore noob, noob style being like, I'm going to make this little app. And then I'm just going to like, there's got to be something that like lets me take an app file and then just run it as a screensaver. And I was sorely wrong. (laughs) I think it's also because nobody cares about screensavers anymore. Right. (laughs) But so I tried that, didn't, and I epically failed. And then I was like, well, fallback is I will try to do it for Linux because I could just run it on a Raspberry Pi as a screensaver and also mm-hmm. failed at that. So I gave up failing and just decided that the work I had done in the spirit, Taylor, of your your brevity solution, being, thinking like, well, this isn't about beating your head against the wall for four nights in a row. I'm just going to mm-hmm. call the work I have done as done. And mm-hmm. then see if I can pick it up at a later time. So well, you got the majority done. It's just that you're having trouble yeah. getting it running to the screen. Yes, so the screen. I'm, I'm looking at yep. the. So is the one that you have the PI TFT 480 yes, by 320, 3.5 inch? Yep. Yep. So do you have um, just just a couple of troubleshooting steps? Are you working with a Pi uh, One model A or B? It's a three. It's the Pi Three Three B. There you go. There's a problem. Is there a problem? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the Adafruit supply page, and it says 
at, at least. Well, and I mean, it's possible that they didn't. So you tell me. They may not have redesigned the PCB since updating it. But the one that I found that looks like the one that you've got says it only works to that original Pi. Um, and you need um, the PI TFT Plus 3.5 to work with a newer Pi. Oh, dang. Where did you see that? So the, um, am I, <laughs> but am I right that you have, so hang on. Oh, I'm dude, sure. if I hold in one this, I'm going to be pretty well, proud of myself. Okay, now here's the thing that's weird, though. It does yeah. mirror successfully. It just doesn't run on its own successfully. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't hazard yeah. a guess until what's, no, yeah. what's yeah. happening there, but but perhaps. It, Riddle me you know, this, Batman. <laughs> so, yeah, so it looks like there's two versions, and so just verify which one you have, whether it's the regular or the plus. Um but it's possible if you have like an older pie sitting around that you might be able to get it working that way. Oh my gosh. The irony is I do have one, an older one sitting around and I was like, you know, I should use <laughs> a newer one because it's probably not supported on the old one. Yeah, dude. So try it out and see. I will try it out and see. Right on. Shoot. Taylor, I'll send you, if I do successfully get it, I'll send you an image of it running. And, yeah. And then I'll be happy camper. You know, this actually reminds me, I was thinking, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I thought that it would be fun to do, because sometimes we hit these pockets where we're trying to organize a bunch of new people to come on. And we do a couple episodes in a row where it's just us yakking it up. And I love yakking with you, for sure. But mm-hmm. I thought one one cool thing we could try it was to do like a new media art doctors, where <laughs> we could uh, yeah. invite somebody who's got like a technical hitch, and then we could yes. try, to, try to laser beam it and get them over the hump. So that might be yeah. a cool thing listener yeah it's a real it's a real challenge uh-huh. some of those things and like just yep. another pair of eyes can really help that's right so maybe we can set that up yeah we should know. make a helpline i'll um that's what i'm saying taylor I'll, I'll make a number and i'll i'll punch it in right here and we'll see if anyone calls it seven seven five two three five two five three five seven seven five two three five two five three five seven seven five two three five Two five three five. I love it. One of the times we've done that, we got like weird four chan right wingy people <laughs> dialing up our dialing up our shiz. So we'll see if those people show hey, up. But whatever, whoever calls, that's something to work with. Yeah, I whatever. Say, who, yeah. who hurt you, man? Who hurt you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. So yeah, that's my piece. So Taylor, my warning was to people who maybe have decent recently had some. uh death in the family or something who mm. are just kind of like this is too close like can't can't listen to a podcast about dying yeah um stuff because i'm it's, sorry it's to intense. hear it man yeah but it's um it's cool to hear your uh uh relating the dark humor of this person um yes i mean you tell me if you want to talk about it or not but did they sure um did they have a long enough time during the dying process to for their dark humor to manifest or was it a very sudden um it was sudden, sudden thing yeah, yeah, like like incredibly sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and um, I'm going to put this as uh, succinctly and gently as possible. Briefly, but, uh, brief. Yeah, like um, Sean is a person who probably saw their own death in many different ways, right? Mm-hmm maybe a health problem, maybe whatever, you know. Um, but you, it's always 
it's often what you don't expect, right? That that like gets you. And um that was very palpable to me when I heard about it. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like and that's kind of part of the death clock joke is like I'm shocked that maybe I only have thirty years left on the planet. Yeah. In my corporeal, you know, beating heart form. But actually like it could be tomorrow. Right? Like like sure. or it could be tonight. Like 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 so I'll keep up that skincare, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. So it was just um shocking to me, but also yeah. like um Yeah, it gave me something to think about. And so I was like, oh, brevity. This it's Sure. It's yeah, it 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 all kind of came together on that day and so that the brevity challenge came out. So I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. At at the same time, the way that you describe it like I'm noodling around and then my computer reminds me that I'm going to die. Like uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that sounds kind of anxiety inducing. Would you find that just purely motivating or would it just well, yeah, all the he, time? Here yeah, here's the thing that I thought so oh, so there was you know how sometimes um you you may experience this on some of your projects and i think we all experience this in our life where certain things you just keep getting cues that you should do something Mm. and so on the same day that all of this started to come together for me i was listening to a podcast that i love which is the cool tools podcast which is um mark frownfelder and um uh, Kevin Kevin kelly and kevin kelly has a death clock like he has his own death clock um and he said he was really inspired by it and i was just like whoa like i can't believe that on the day i've decided to make a death clock someone mentioned it on a podcast i listened yeah, to and that's like cool. you know yeah and now kevin kelly is is a kind of quantified selfie kind of person right where like mm-hmm. you know he he probably like counts how many steps he takes or like how many times he does things or whatever and so maybe his own death clock feels fun or important to him but i will say that when i was doing the math about my own death and it came up really short. I was just like, holy crap, man. I can't handle this right now. <laughs> like, like yeah. I don't have that much time. And it did make me think like, whoa. And I, I was hoping that the clock being sort of omnipresent in my life would change my thinking. And I was hoping I could share that. But I haven't got it working yet. So so we'll see. I want, yeah. I don't know, man. Don't Don't yeah. freak yourself out too bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I want I want to do it. So I, if I decide I don't like it, I can turn it off, right? Yeah. Like I want to get to that place, but I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. It's like the privilege of the living to be able to spend some time with your inevitable expiration, but possibly knowing when it could happen statistically. And so I feel like I kind of want to do that, but I I don't know if I can handle it every day. <laughs> Well, at the same time, I just want to throw in there that I feel like I'm trying to do things slower and better. Yes. You know what I mean? Where on today, for example, I mean, I've been adopting this stretching routine. Oh, And if I really do it right, it's like a half hour to get through the whole thing. And I think a big part of it is just making you focus on your body for that long. And you have to count through the different things. And so you can't really be doing other stuff. Maybe listening to a podcast or whatever, but... Yep. I don't know. I, I feel like, I wonder if there's an alternative. I think you should do it for sure. But I wonder if there's an yeah. alternative version that helps facilitate the celebration as opposed to just the abject terror that is <laughs> attached to something like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, I don't know. Like It makes me think about, um, I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but I went to this really amazing art show um, 
not really art show, I guess more historical, but it was this kind of anthropological mm-hmm. pan-African show in Detroit about um, cultures from all over Africa. And they were talking about notions of time and how Western colonialists had this notion that you have to, you spend time, right? So the day starts out with a possible 24 hours and there's almost no way to use it all correctly. You know, at some point you're going to the bathroom or you're taking lunch right, or whatever. Right. So no matter what yep. you do, you're you're sort of failing to reach that um, perfect usage. And then they were yep. saying that the Pan-African approach was to make time where the day started out with nothing. And then you would say, well, oh. if I make a half an hour to, you know, do this task or conduct this relationship or whatever, that's a half an hour more than nothing, which is yep. great. Yeah, that's great. And so yeah. how, just how differently those two pr- perspectives were. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I mentioned this podcast before that I started to do some sort of irregular but rigorous journaling, like of my days. Mm-hmm. And I found that it was much better to journal at the end of the day and talk about all the things I did instead of journaling at the beginning of the day, trying to line up like all the things I wanted to accomplish because mm-hmm. it was there just nicer to re- reflect on what happened than it was to set yourself up for inevitable disappointment yeah. <laughs> so, or, or for me anyway, it was. So I also yeah. find it hilarious that I'm giving you advice and relaxing because I'm one of the most anxious people I know. Really? Wow. Weird. Wow. I mean, I feel hmm. like I don't let it out too much. When I was on the tenure track, man, I just was like a, Oh yeah. A bubbling mess. That but sucks. the, um, yeah. Um, Oh, well, just the the fact that you're surprised by that, I guess that's a good thing. But uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I want you to know that I'm not sitting over here like I've got this all figured out. But yeah, whenever <laughs> I hear something and I think, oh, geez, that would just, that would like make me sweat all day. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's yep. TFT first, figure out the yes. technical end and then we'll that's right. figure that's right. out the, um, um, let, let the me spend eight hours of my very short life trying to get the screen to work. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, actually, because I've been I've been cleaning out my computer because um, it has finally just become too unwieldy, all the Ooh, crazy yeah. nested folders I have and stuff. So I was trying to put yeah. some time into that, and it was really hard to make the time to sit down and do this thing that feels like it's an extra task. Yes. But then as I was digging around, I found all these really cool examples of some idea that I had, and then I just entertained for 48 hours and messed around with and oh. put down. And it's almost like somebody else made it. Wow. So that's cool. Yeah. That's another thing I recommend everyone do is just like go through your stuff and see how interesting you are in ways that you forgot. <laughs> that's a good idea. Okay. You can find photos of our finished projects over at projects.opposablepodcast.com. We also have links in our show notes and we post stuff to our Instagram account, which is opposable underscore podcast. So give us a follow over on the Instagram, even though it's, um, Sometimes a horrible place. Uh, we'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker if you share a podcast episode on social media or rate us on iTunes or something similar. Just let us know and we'll mail you a sticker. Uh, just give us a shout over at Instagram on opposable underscore podcast or at our email, which is opposablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to give a shout out to Wesley Ellis, Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hacks, Nick Kantar, Walter Katundu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them in our league of Patreon supporter badasses, please go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Anything you can donate really helps. I I have one quick side note on that. Um, I, 
I happened to run into someone who I know, and their name is Kate. I won't do the last name because of Kate's operational security. But um, Kate mentioned that they are a listener of the podcast, and it really made my night. I was just like, that is so cool. Oh, is this somebody that you did not know otherwise? Yeah, I know I know Kate, but I didn't know that I had never thought about Kate being a listener you know yeah. like like as a you know whatever and i was mm-hmm. just like oh my gosh that is so cool so i just wanted to give a direct shout out to kate thank you for listening um thanks to everybody who listens but it's just sometimes really shocking and fun when someone who you know just is like hey on the podcast the last time you said blah 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 and i'm like oh my gosh like you know wow. the same thing happened to me this weekend oh really yeah i was talking to ronnie gonzalez um, who is a buddy of mine. So, um, oh wait, did I just blow his operational security? Oh, well, um, we well he's, well, he's talking about starting a podcast. So I think oh, he wants, cool. he wants his yeah. security blown. And then he was telling me, oh, we were listening to it. And then I was thinking, well, I should just start a podcast. And so he and his buddies were thinking about starting one. And I said, what are you going to talk about? He's like, I don't know. We're just going <laughs> to talk and tell stories. And I think maybe do some stuff on Latinx music and, and so forth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll keep going. Um, our podcast is dedicated to providing harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion, or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment, and we want you to be a part of it. Just and you, uh, blah, 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 blah. you can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. Uh, oh, Taylor, do you have any any links or any anything that you wanted to share with anybody? The one thing I did forget is that Ronnie said that when we're talking, you sound like uh, an airline pilot. <laughs> I do. Wow, nice. <laughs> Which I, I thought was really funny. That. I was, and so I was listening for that today. Like, does he? If you look at the so left cool. side of the aircraft, was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do I have any links? The um, the main one. I mean, this is going to be done by the time this rolls out. But um, just for posterity, I'm uh, doing this talk at the College Art Association. Um, and then apart from that, man, I just, um, I'm really looking forward to picking this next challenge. I've been getting this, um, deluge of paperwork at work. And so, um, slowly I'm having to really focus down on where my creative practice is over the next couple of weeks, I think, until I get my sea legs. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of loose in that. Oh, oh, the one thing I will mention, I just reread Clockers, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Oh, wow. So I recommend that to everybody. Richard Price's second book, he went on to do The Wire. Um, but the book is just so good and talks about the crack epidemic and has one of the main characters is a 19-year-old um, drug dealer. And it's, he's just so well drawn that is he's clearly the um, sympathetic character super interesting that's really cool good. wow yeah yeah Check it it's out. really cool oh wow that's neat mm-hmm. uh let's see what i got i got let me look through some things see here i don't know oh okay yeah okay so this is a fun one so related to my clock adventures there's this really fun terminal based clock which seems like a strange thing it's called yeah. term term down mm-hmm. and it's really fun you you just it's you know terminal is a weird place but it's quite easy to use you just type in like um term down t-e-r-m-d-o-w-n and then you can just say like uh like one h space five m space three zero s and so that would be one hour five minutes and 30 seconds and it does this really great like 
ASCII art version of a clock mm-hmm. and counts down from one hour, five minutes, and 30 seconds down. And uh, and then at the end, it just goes like, bonk. Like, it just does plays like the system sound. Right. But you can, you know, add sounds or whatever. But it's, it's quite fun, and it actually works really good. And if you're a type of person who's like, kind of doing like the Pomodoro technique or whatever, where you're like, I want to spend X amount of time in very deliberate go mode on mm-hmm. a thing. It's uh, I found it quite useful. Um, the next thing I It's really have, well documented on GitHub too. It's really good. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun that like... I mean, that's like a life goal of mine is to be able to write like a little goofy thing, but then also really be able to express all the fun things it can do mm-hmm. like in documentation because i think that's, that really helps people um get ex- inspired by it and want, want to use it um i think that's all i've got yep that's it cool i'm jones and to hear the what the next challenge is so we have just to recap when we don't have a guest we have a google sheet uh where we we ask our previous guests to give us extra challenges uh so when we have that this time when like we have now where we don't have a guest we can look at the spreadsheet and pull one from a previous guest so last time i think we had 11 lines but this time what i did is i removed duplicates from people so that way it's one per person for instance some of our guests gave us three examples three possible challenges so i thought i would remove those except down to one that way everyone had a sort of equal chance um and so taylor we have give me a number between seven the challenge is from tim sway dear previous guest tim sway and awesome Mm -hmm. youtuber podcaster very creative fun maker of things and the challenge is the trolley problem yeah classic i don't know what the trolley problem is so i gotta look it up right now i think that's the one where um there's a bunch of people standing on a fork on a railroad on one side and then there's one person what is it and you're on a bridge in front of that fork and yes. so you can like push a guy off the yep. bridge and he will fall on the train and stop it or do you not do that and let it kill five people or something like that i think that's what it is right yeah okay so there's some drawings online and as i understand it it's very close to what you described which there's is two versions there's two versions of it oh there's two versions Jeez. Yeah. So part of this challenge is going to be digging into what actually how we want to interpret the trolley problem. But as I understand it, yeah, imagine a trolley and you're at the switch, right? You're 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 and you can switch the trolley to go one of two paths. Yeah. On one of the paths, there's five people who are stuck on the train tracks. On the path that is currently defined. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So you do nothing and it'll run into those five people. Yes, exactly. If you do nothing, those five people will get hit by the train. Wow, this is all back into death again. If you flip the switch, it will run over one person. Right. I um, I think I think the original is just the issue is five versus one. You have to make the decision to kill a person who would otherwise not be killed, in order to save five people that would be killed. Ah, yeah. That's it, Taylor. Um, we're done. All right, Rob. Excellent as always. Um, let me know if that TFT thing works out. I'm happy to help you troubleshoot it if you want. Now I'm really, I'm both incensed and inspired. <laughs> to, to try. Well, that's great that you have an original so you can make that test real easy. Yeah, that's true. Very yeah, true. cool. Cool. All right, boss. I'm going to go watch a movie because I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs>
in in my life there's been heartache and pain. Mm. 